Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's not a player in the league I would trade David Pasternak for. I mean, if I could have Dick Clapper back. <laughs> like, if I could bring Dick Clapper back to life. Bruins you know, if we could just Dick reincarnate Clapper. Lionel Hitchman, that would be the problem solver. <laughs> I don't care if Connor McDavid is quote-unquote better at hockey or whatever. Uh, awful vibes. Not a closer. Oh, I never ended the record. <laughs> All right, what's up, everybody? What's brewing? Welcome to the Brews and Brews podcast. This is the Hockey Podcast Network podcast presented by Pride Diehards. Oliver's here. How you doing, Oliver? <laughs> good, good, Chris. Always, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to get that first shout out. Absolutely. Jess is here. Hello. To break down the big Richie trade. Big fudge. Lancey's here. Oh, hey, how's it going? Rob Schlosser's here. Hello, everyone. And we got Sean Rajat here. What's up? Uh, Drew, TBD, we'll see what happens. <laughs> he started the call. His microphone's still not working. He's going to try and restart his computer and come back. But I thought he got now. traded right at the deadline, and he's been helping no, in the processing. Cam's been traded. That's uh, <laughs> We traded him to the Locked on Bruins podcast for future considerations. <laughs> Did it's still up to which insider again? you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is our this is our trade deadline show. Um, we figured it'd be fun to just get everybody together. Um, whoever wanted to show up, there might be more people showing up. Who knows? Uh, I don't have the authority to let anyone in, so we'll wait till Drew gets back and see who's here. But uh, for now, uh, anyone got any drinks they want to share? Someone's knocking on the door. Anyway, sorry. Okay. Rob, you look like you're ready. Sure. Um, I have a very on-brand Miller High Life that I'm drinking, and um, let's take a let's take a sip. Again, always as if I haven't been drinking it for the last five minutes. Um, you know what it what it lacks in a big quantity of flavor. I just think it has a, a pretty decent overall taste um so i'll give it a bit of a middle of the road 20 for for tasteability but drinkability i can and will drink these all the time uh so i'll give that a big z33 um i think that'll that'll do it whatever you do don't tell rob that he can drink those all the time um sean what what you got going on in honor of one of our favorite checks uh, being signed recently, I have a Czech Pilsner here from Harpoon. It's part of their new variety pack. It's the Bohemian Pilsner. Um, so trying this now. How is it possible that none of the Bruins six Czech players are involved in the marketing of this beer? You feel like eventually a Czech Pilsner has got to be in their future for some marketing purposes. Um, but for this tasteability, it's light. I mean, there's not a ton of taste there, so I'll go with a nice 19 on that one. Um, drinkability is very high, though. You could crush these. 
I'm going to go with a solid 30, Timmy Thomas. What is happening? <laughs> Drew has now shown up twice. Uh, once on I believe the there's a, a dog or a cat. Yeah, that's Sebastian. Um, all right, Lancey, you're up. I am already halfway through this bottle of Prosecco. Fuck yeah. So, <laughs> I'm having a great time tonight. <laughs> I love this that so much. Amazing. I love you, Lancey. Prosecco gets a 37 all around. And uh, usually I used to only have it at the holidays. Apparently I'm just making once a month is a holiday. So life is that's short. what I'm doing these days. Uh, Jess, I, I hope I'm not committing any HIPAA, HIPAA violations, but I know that uh, you've been sick recently. Are Everything you... water. Okay. Um, you're not going, the, you're not going the Cam Hasbrook route. No. <laughs> Cam recently on a podcast suggested if you have COVID, uh, you got to keep a balance in life. You got to drink beers while you. <laughs> you know, I was thinking of it, but then I was like, uh, today's a good day. I'm having a good day. I don't want to ruin it and risk it. Look, that's so, smart. That's, you know, that's not what we would suggest, but we are yeah. not smart. You know, just trying my best. So um, stay hydrated. Lancey, I'm looking at you. <laughs> I have a Gatorade bottle of water right next to me. Don't worry. All right, Oliver, what's going on, man? I am uh, I am along. Uh, it seems like Jess is in the same spot as me trying this new thing called H2O. Uh, you'd be surprised on the drinkability scale. It's almost like I need it. Um, you know, I don't know if I could go a day without it. Uh, it does pass the Drew test. I can, I can see him through this. Uh, Taste-wise, it's not quite there. But, you know, when you're coming off a of sickness like I am, just drink fluids, kids. Yeah, I, I disagree with with cam's assessment of COVID, ha having recently had a non-COVID illness and mostly just drinking uh things with electrolytes in them uh drew are, are you uh consuming any alcoholic beverages tonight uh no but i do have something else that's pretty special i got a nectar cola it's got uh 10 milligrams of thd <laughs> I'm, I've never been happier that I'm steering the ship uh, and also Drew just froze. So it's kind of perfect. Yeah. Uh, perfect look at the product picture. placement and everything. Not even see you. Oh, all right. He's back for a second. Hey, we'll back? back to the 21st yeah, century. All right. I'm back now. Yeah, all you're right. good. Uh, I don't know where I left off before I cut out, but I got a nectar cola. It's got a uh, 10 milligrams of THC. Um, so we're going to give it a whirl. I've had it before. Uh, drinkability 37, tasteability 37. Super sweet. You can't taste the uh, THC. Also, I think that's untastable. But uh, you can't taste the, the marijuana anyway or the cannabis or the weed or whatever you want to say. The devil's Just lettuce. Just spend an hour listing uh... <laughs> <laughs> The devil's lettuce is You know, best, those jazz cigarettes. And the, yeah, the jazz cigarettes stuff. is my favorite. But I will say Wacky I had a, and I posted this on the Bruins Twitter, it was a Schwarzbier. It was a German uh dark lager uh very good I, I think i said 16 drinkability tasteability 37 on that it's from bats and river brewing company if you're if you're ever in the neighborhood worth the visit they have a super super cool vibe vibe there so and good beer all right i'm i'm rocking one of my personal favorites this is a uh, modelo chelada limoni sol you can't see it because i got my pasta background on but oh there we go um it is highly drinkable like a 34 drinkability and you can really taste it it's uh with the refreshing flavors of lime and salts and you know i love those flavors so going 37 there um so what we're really here to do though other than just goof around uh is talk a little bit about the trade deadline uh let's start with the bruins uh, we discussed on this podcast a little bit the Garnet Hathaway and Dmitry Orlov acquisition since that podcast. Uh, the Bruins have also acquired Tyler Bertuzzi, noted uh, anti-vaxxer weirdo, but also pretty good hockey player. Um, 
so let's uh i, I mean we, we also missed some pretty exciting production from dmitry orlov who's now the second coming of ray bork um sean let's get your thoughts early because you uh, you got a jet and uh for sure trade deadline as a whole <laughs> any additional thoughts yeah you know uh i feel like we just talked about this uh <laughs> no but those two are great additions to the team those two being hathaway and orlov obviously um did not expect this offense out of him i knew he could score but i didn't realize the dude has a cannon of a shot like he's been letting it rip and i think he's really enjoying uh playing with a team like the bruins a little higher offense um i know he's been playing with lindholm a bit too obviously the goal he scored last game beautiful setup between those two i think he's liking it here um so i'll be interested to see if he has a future at all obviously money's a question there but love that um and then i was shocked when we saw bertuzzi come in here because with all the reports it seemed like they were probably done trading maybe a couple you know minor pieces being brought in obviously then we learned the news of hall and felino that probably going to be a little longer term than we originally thought uh so it makes a little more sense there but anytime you can get a top six young winger like him who can score slotting in on you know say your third line probably to start that's that's awesome for this team they're super deep i feel like they're geared up for a long playoff run here couldn't ask for really much more from sweeney he's you know he did a great job at this deadline can't mess up your draft if you don't have draft picks. <laughs> good thing Patrick's not here. He would uh, give you his dissertation on how Don Sweeney's actually good at drafting. But uh, yeah, Jess, do you have any uh, additional thoughts on uh, on the Bruins acquisitions and what you've seen of them so far? Great stuff. Really happy um, in with the additions. Really all of them. But I think that adding some physicality with uh, someone like Hathaway is great. And then obviously you have Orlov there as well, who um, really helps beef up the defense. And then I was shocked at the Bertuzzi um, acquisition just because, you know, I don't think anyone really saw that coming and, you know, pretty much what Sean said, you know, like with everyone or with the recent developments, in uh, the injuries, it makes sense. And I think that it's just um, a great opportunity for the Bruins to uh, just win us a Stanley Cup. Yeah, I saw somebody randomly in the replies of like a Ty Anderson tweet say they heard four weeks on Taylor Hall. I don't know. We've been hearing all sorts of different stuff. Has anybody has anybody actually seen any reports on that? I. I, I saw personally four weeks for Hall and then uh, probably the rest of the season for uh, Felino, but it wasn't in Ty Anderson's replies. So wow. I don't know how credible it is. Because yeah. honestly, sometimes Ty Anderson's replies are more credible than like actual like other people that are in the the reply <laughs> the reply ties. Yeah, um, he has a good community. You know? Yeah, Oliver, what do you Hashtag think of uh, what do you think of Tyler Bertuzzi? I mean, you know, known anti-vaxxer, as, as, as stated, hope it doesn't come down to, to an Oilers bees cup, you know, because uh, are, they, are they letting them across the border? Yeah, yeah they, are. they are. They are. He, ha- he I, has I, played point. in Canada this season, yeah. Okay, I don't, I, I wasn't too caught up on the Bertuzzi Canada situation, you know, because he was literally the only one. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely wild. Like the the only unvaccinated player in the league, just. But, you know, I, I. I think all around he's that kind of guy that if Jake DeBrusque starts to fall off, you could slide him off, maybe put DeBrusque on a line that he's comfortable with with someone like Hall, maybe try to re-energize him. But I think DeBrusque is in great shape right now. And I know slanderous to some Bruins fans, but I think he's an upgrade than Craig Smith. And I know that his point production at the beginning of the season didn't exactly reflect that because, you know, he was hurt for a lot of it. But I think that he's a guy that if you get him beyond a rental phase, he could help you in the future as well. You know, I don't love giving up a first, but shout out Sweeney for dropping that protection if it's if it's top 10, you know, which sometimes if you fall 14th, you can jump 
to a top 10 spot. So overall, I think uh, Sweeney did a pretty good job with the deadline. I think he improved this team and it's deep now and you know, they're going for it. You know, Bergie and Krejci said it, you know, one last try. They, they want this. They want it all. They're not content with a point record. They're, they're content with a Stanley Cup at the least. Yeah, it Rob, you want to jump in? The Tampa Bay Sorry, Lancey. Three straight final appearances to just kind of equate with them, basically, at the deadline. But anyway, Rob, you, you continue. Um, I, I think Oliver brought up a really interesting point that I thought about a little after the Bertuzzi uh, acquisition that, um, you know, we saw Jake DeBrusque out for uh, out for a month plus after the Winter Classic. And... Um, you know, we really couldn't settle on a perfect person to slot into that role. You know, we tried Taylor Hall, Craig Smith, may he rest in peace. Um, but we really couldn't find a way to keep the check line together and find someone to play with Marshy and uh, Bergeron. Um, and I really think Bertuzzi, in the event of playoff injuries, could be a perfect guy for that. Um, so I really let in the fact that he gets to slot into your third line otherwise is fantastic. Um, but that was something that really stuck out to me. And I, you know, touching on the other moves, I didn't realize, even though he's only about 5'11", I didn't realize how beefy Dmitry Orlov is. I mean, you see the neck whenever you look at a picture of him. But, um, oh, yeah, I, you know, I've, I've seen the hits that he's delivered over the years. Um, and... That's a really nice addition. And the fact that he's played with four def different defense partners in his games, and he's still putting up these numbers, eating a ton of ice time, um, that's sick. And then I've spent years hating Garnet Hathaway. Um, <laughs> and the second he was traded to Boston, that just went down like, you know, uh, I don't even have an anecdote, but, uh, you know, it, it all went away within a second. I was like, the, I think it was Steve Dangle who might have said something like, you know, the Bruins acquire Boston Bruins. <laughs> and I think they did that with three guys this offseason, and it was awesome to see. Yeah, Orlov's built like a goddamn running back. It's great. Um, I, I do appreciate that Montgomery and and Sweeney kind of have this plan to rotate guys in and out of the lineup to try and find something that fits, but it's really hard to find where Dimitri Orlov fits. If he's just firing on all cylinders with everybody, good problem to have. Lancey, what's up, man? Well, you know, I'm just here to talk about yesterday, Puli Yarvi and, uh, Shankos yeah. here, but, uh, <laughs> but no, as Oliver mentioned with the top 10 protection, it's, it's that element of when Tampa made three straight Stanley cup finals, they go out and they get their Blake Coleman. They go out and they get their Barkley Goodrow. They throw out these first-round picks that ultimately don't matter. But at the same time, there's a little bit of protection, that insurance policy, in case everything kind of just, well, turns out like the 2019 uh, hey. Tampa Bay Lightning. But, but the Bruins aren't hoping to do that. They're looking for a whole lot more than at least the first round. And uh, I think they, they hit out of the park on all three of the players that they acquired, the two moves that they made way in advance of the deadline. And uh, that just kind of summarizes the NHL trade deadline as a whole at this point. Within the last five years, there's been a whole huge trend towards the bigger deals happen, whether it's a month before or a week before. And then, you know, it's not about the biggest name. It's about the right name. You didn't see James Van Riemsdyk get dealt today. Now that's a whole nother issue with Philadelphia entirely. But Chuck some teams made... <laughs> Some teams made a smaller move or just a better fit type of move. And I'm sure we'll get into that momentarily. But to stay on topic with the Bruins, I like what they did as a team that's going for a last dance type of season where they just went all in. And, uh, well, I mean, what is the future of this team, really? They, they already have a new core, but at the same time, they kind of don't but they're still formulating that identity as a result of these moves that could be more of a long-term solution than a rental. Or if they just decide like, Hey, you know what? We don't actually like any of these guys long-term they're gone. No problem. They're gone. Just like Drew. Yeah. I appreciate Drew just like coming in and out. Boom shakalaka. Here I am. Um, NBA fans. It's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand. 
with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Opt in and place the same game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. But we do have Cam. Uh, welcome to the party, pal. Uh, no, I, I've been here the whole time. I've just been really patient. Oh, really, <laughs> man, a few words. I try to make them valuable. So. Uh, we just kind of been going around the horn, giving our thoughts on all the Bruins moves, both of the Bruins moves, I guess, um, unless you count the Keith Kincaid move for Shane Bowers. I don't know anything about Shane Bowers. So. He made his initial debut this season. Congrats yep. to him. Uh, good, good, good for him. Strengthening that already. He played less than two Providence minutes. Bruins lineup. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Cam, what's up, man? Play? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think my takes have been released to the wild for better or for worse already. So I'm, I'm more interested to hear honestly what everybody else has to say. But um, well, you missed from it. a Bruins perspective. I think uh, it was a successful trade deadline. I, you know, it's always hard to judge that the day of the trade deadline. Um, but I think, you know, clearly, especially with, in, in relation to the, the Felino and the hall changes that happened uh, with their injuries, address the need there, um, got an extra depth up front and in the back where they were already strong with both. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think the Bruins need to do anything drastic. I know like, you know, Chikrin was the name that was being tossed around, probably the biggest name that the Bruins were connected to for a while. It's not like I feel like in years past you get connected to a name and you're it's like oh man we didn't get that guy so this kind of sucks like I'm not really upset about it it would have been cool but I don't feel like the Bruins really needed to make a big reach here and um, I'm happy with the the depth they added um, not anything overly exciting besides obviously Bobby Orlov here but um, other than that pretty good yeah I feel like. Uh... One thing maybe we didn't discuss is uh, sometimes the trade deadline's a little like jazz. Like sometimes it's the moves that you don't make. Um, and I think that that Gavrikov deal probably in the future ends up being the one that we kind of look back on and say, wow, uh, glad we didn't do that. Because shouts to Yarmo. He, I don't know if he technically got exactly his uh, his first and third pick. He did get those two picks back, but he did have to give up uh, Eunice Corposalo and uh, take back Jonathan Quick, and I guess he flipped Jonathan Quick. Say, for... In the process, just expedite Jonathan Quick's shipping yeah. to some place. Blue Jackets legend Jonathan Quick. <laughs> uh, Drew, you need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I I just do these things because my internet keeps disconnecting, and I have no idea where we are in this conversation, and I want to be involved. <laughs> Yeah, well, involve yourself. Uh, what are I don't your, know what were you talking about now. Literally the... just talking about the Bruins moves. Uh, what's your favorite thing about the Bruins right now? Chris uh, Bergeron. It's the, it's the toughness. It's the toughness because they had to go out and get someone tough. Actually, in saying that, I like that they went out and kind of got like the toughness because – I think that's like a worthy element of a hockey team still, but I think a lot of people think it has to be these like thugs and the, I guess that's not like a fighter. Um, and that's kind of the, the older brand of hockey, but they brought in guys that are physical that play that kind of game, which is awesome. And sorry if I, I repeated something else, uh, someone else said, I swear to God, I haven't heard no anything. So far, so far you've been that guy in balcony 306. It's like they need an enforcer, somebody that can punch a guy <laughs> yeah. in the face. No, but I, I like paper, the, the hot and grit. They kind of went along with that. Like, yeah, I guess we could use someone like that, but also they're like decent hockey players and can bring a lot more than that, but they have that element to them and they're guys that I, like having there i suppose 
Yeah, I guess one more thing I wanted to do is kind of go around the horn and have everybody just name their favorite trade of the deadline, whether it be uh, for a team you thought that got better, got a significant side of the deal, or just something you thought was hilarious. And uh, I mean, I'll start with Jess here. I don't know what her answer is going to be, but for Jess answers, um, I just want some it, clarification. Do we want day of deadline itself or leading all the way up to the deadline? Just, I would say like the week leading right, cool. up to I have two uh, things in mind, but anyway. Um, can it be a trade that didn't happen? Absolutely. Okay. So I'm going to say Elias Lindholm to uh, the Hurricanes. Uh, mainly because I think that the Flames would have been absolutely dumb to do that. I think that they need to kind of just hold on to Lindholm, uh, even though they're going to have to pay him next year. Uh, I No offense to Noah Hannafin, but um, I would have rather seen his expiring, uh, expiring contract next year go, uh, just because he's going to be a lot harder to negotiate with. And if they... <laughs> If they traded Elias Lindholm the same day that his baby and fiance get released from the NICU, that would have been oh a horrendous, horrendous look. And I'm very thankful that that did not happen. Oliver, uh, do you have a favorite trade of the deadline? Oh, gosh. I mean, there's there's so many things that happened in this It was deadline. a big deadline. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know what the Blue Jackets will ever do without Jonathan Quick, uh, I have to say. <laughs> However, I I think my favorite moment of the deadline is all of these Atlantic Division teams stacking up early on in the deadline just to try and beat the Bruins. And for a solid four days into it, the B's not doing anything i guess let's say i mean whole eastern conference even the rangers are you know doing their best to, to get back and then the bruins just pulling orlov hathaway <laughs> come towards the end basically saying okay you can load up too we're, we're we're gonna come right back at you with it you know it's it's nice for the first time it's in a long time i think we've done that i think we've watched other east teams load up at the deadline and finally, I think Sweeney was like, no, let's let's load up too. Let's go for this. So just that's that's been the best of it, I think. Rob. Ultimately, I just kind of love that uh, the Philadelphia Flyers big move was uh, bringing in Brendan Lemieux. I mean, when you have <laughs> when you have a chance to, you know, uh, exchange moderately tough guys, um, as a, as a team that should be looking to sell every piece they conceivably can. I think that's exactly what you have to do. You know, if you're a, if you're a team that's potentially in the Bedard race, what you, you know, and you come out of a trade deadline with, you know, like a fifth round pick, a sixth round pick and Brendan Lemieux. I don't know how you don't look at that as a tremendous success. Um, clearly, Right, I'll drop that. But uh, <laughs> I just thought that entire saga was so, so funny. And, um, you know, on a on a selfish note, I'm really just excited we get to see more of Trent Frederick fighting Brendan Lemieux. Um, you know, I have this image in my head of this huge line brawl. It's, you know, Trent Frederick, Garnett Hathaway, Tyler Bertuzzi. And on the other side, it's D'Angelo, Brendan Lemieux, I can't decide if uh, Provorov or Konechny are in it, but honestly, they can figure that out on the spot. Did I dream this, or did Provorov get traded today? He did not get moved. He did not. They tried okay. to move him, but they did not find I, a buyer. I swear I saw a tweet from the Flyers saying that he got traded for a first-round pick like many years from now, but... That did not happen. Um... Maybe you just got a premonition for June. I, I had a friend who I was talking to about the Flyers yesterday, uh, text me this morning saying bye-bye Provi and I like looked on the internet and I saw like a tweet but <laughs> maybe we both got got by a fake Flyers account um Sean yes and this will be my last point do a little line change with Cam here <laughs> um <laughs> but favorite moves uh sorry Lancey but I like that the Canes really didn't do much because they would be 
way extra scary if they did do a big move per se. I mean, not that the moves they made weren't okay. Um, but that that's nice that they didn't do that. And then finally, um, usually during these deadlines, the moves we see aren't the moves that were aren't the rumors that have been getting reported all along. We're like, oh yeah, that trade makes a lot of sense. It just never happens that way. So when Meyer went to the Devils, it was finally like, yes, like that makes a lot of sense. That's awesome for the Devils. That's awesome for Meyer. Although obviously them being in the East, that's not great, but we can deal with that as the Bruins farther down the road. Um, but yeah, I, I was really happy for both him and the team because that's a huge, huge upgrade for that team. And uh, like I said, one of those rumors that finally comes to fruition after, you know, months and months of speculation. So that was pretty cool. Lancey. All right. So I have a few thoughts Shots here. Sean. Bye, Sean. Bye, in Sean. general. Later, Sean. Sean, Later. go win your game and score Patrick. Uh, <laughs> I love the fact that a lot of players at this deadline got traded back to their old teams. I mean, you had Marcus Johansson going back to Minnesota. You had Nick Bonino going back to Pittsburgh. That was just a trend that made me smile because apparently nostalgia sells. Milan uh, Lucic going back to... Oh, oh. Almost, <laughs> almost never actually happened. But anyway, uh, yes, they pull ERB, a good reclamation project for the Carolina Hurricanes. As we know, Max Pacioretty being the guy that they kind of were like, hey, this is going to be great when they got him for nothing from Vegas. And then he tore his Achilles. And then he came back. And then he tore his Achilles again. So... Pooley Arby kind of just slides in there and it's like, all right, somewhere in the lineup you'll go and just do what Rod tells you because Rod Brendamore, the difference between where the Bruins are at and where the Hurricanes are at, the Bruins are kind of, whether it's fully Jim Montgomery or not, they have all the players, they have all the stars, they just go out and play their own game. The Hurricanes have been more of a systematic team where, yes, you have Sebastian Ajo, yes, you have Andrei Sveshnikov doing their thing, yes, you added Brent Burns in the offseason, and he's been phenomenal, but they all adhere to this concept that Rod Brindamore puts in front of them and says, this is exactly what we're going to go out there and do tonight. And uh, some nights it works out great, and other nights you put up 50 shots against the Anaheim Ducks, and somehow John Gibson steals the game. I'm not mad about that or anything. That sounds familiar. In terms of the best deal to make for addressing a need that you have, but not going for the biggest superstar, I really like what the Hurricanes did in acquiring Shane Gostaspierre. He's just a quality guy in terms of, hey, you know what? He could be your third-pairing defender, but he's the best third-pairing defender available, and he's a power play specialist. And if he needs to play up, he can. If he needs to play down, I mean, it's it's possible, but... Uh, that gives them their flexibility. Are they as scary as the Bruins look on paper? Probably not. But hey, you know what? Hockey is weird like that. My favorite trade outside of the team that pays me to work their games and run the house lights. Uh, I like Lars Eller going to the Colorado Avalanche. I forgot he was still in the league. I don't think the Avs are going to be as dominant of a force as they were last season going into the playoffs but I really just like that they got someone that can kind of fit in in the sense that, you know, losing Kadri has definitely affected them a little bit at times. Obviously having Gabriel Landeskog being out due to injury has been a big issue, but at the same time, Mika Ranson has been <laughs> making up for that. <laughs> and Nathan McKinnon has been playing pretty well when he's not injured. Eller just kind of provides that stability that at the very least, if they're trying to look to repeat, they can get out of the first round. Notably, no team that has ever repeated has not made it out of the first round. So wise words. Yeah. Um, Cam, uh, do you have a favorite deal of the deadline week? I do. Um, I was actually thinking about just jumping off the podcast. I was really embarrassed for all you guys that no one mentioned this, but I think it's pretty clearly the move that sent my guy Gustav Rydell from the uh, New York Rangers to the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for the one and only Anton Bleed, baby. If it bleeds, it leads. Um, no, actually, though, I think uh, I think the one that like stands out to me the most um, 
is probably the Chikrin trade. Honestly, I think that was a really good move for Ottawa. It's going to help them. Obviously right now they're trying to make a playoff push, um, but that's the franchise that's been climbing um, the last couple seasons. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the Atlantic after this year, but I think they see the next couple of years as a chance to really dig in and try to establish themselves as a, as a perennial contender in the division. Um, and I would be very surprised if they don't end up locking him down with some term, if they're going to try to hold on to him here. So I think that's to where, say rebuild over. <clears throat> yeah, maybe, you know what I mean? I think this is kind of one of those moves that's, that says like, yeah, we're really, we're doing it for real this time. Um, so yeah, I think that was a really solid move. I also just love it because it was one of those things like I was not expecting that at all. You know what I mean? It was yeah. you heard it, a lot of teams involved. In, I think half the league was involved in, in Chikrin or looking at them or whatever. And I didn't hear jack shit about Ottawa the entire time until the trade happened. So those are always kind of fun. Um, but really good move by the uh by the Sens as well. Everyone got Sens to there. Yeah, that was the one move a year where there's always like, oh, five teams are interested in this guy, and then six team comes out of nowhere, and none of the insiders saw it coming, and you just Never. go, nice. And also, the return was just like wildly underwhelming, yeah. right? Yeah, to be honest, it just it felt like very anticlimactic because, in my opinion, because he number one, the return was, you know, it felt like nothing, and then Ottawa, like they're not a contender but i mean good for ottawa um i don't know sorry you have to go live somewhere cold now apparently he'll always be a yote at heart if it's underwhelming I mean, apparently he wanted to go there i don't know nobody don't wants know. to go to ottawa <laughs> i mean the city awesome the hockey team place 30 minutes outside it's the not city. Even, the, yeah, the hockey team isn't no, in the city. Hey, so. hey, Ryan Reynolds is going to turn that all around. I'm telling <laughs> you. He is going to make that place the Canadian Hollywood. And well, it's going to be glorious. Ryan Reynolds, I have five bucks. Can I be a minority owner? <laughs> Multi-millionaire Ryan Reynolds can afford to buy this, this billion-dollar franchise. <laughs> Him and his wealthy team of wealthy people. Do we want to go off the deep end and talk about Atlanta and Houston? Anyway, uh... <laughs> Oh, Drew, do my, you have a do you yes. have a favorite? Uh, yes, one hundred percent of the twenty twenty three deadline. Yes. So this guy, you know him, you'll love him. It's the Vesna Trophy guy. No, um, of the uh, past week, which it is Friday evening, March third. This happened on February twenty fifth. Which check your calendars. Yep, that was six days ago. It's within the week. Look at me. Um, that is. Uh, he can do math. Uh, the Boston Bruins trading Keith Kincaid for Shane Bowers. Um, I just think that's low-key, a really, really solid move. You get rid of a guy you had as your third-string um, goaltender, and you get a he guy... He was the third-stringer in the AHL. In the AHL, too, because they like wanted to give the young guys minutes. And, like... and plus, he's having an, a, Vez, a... What's the award in the AHL? The 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 Vesna equivalent. Yeah. Who knows? I knew this. I think they just call it the Vesna equivalent. They're like, yeah, the winner of the Vesna equivalent award. The like shittier Vesna award. You know, if you were a better player and you could be in the NHL, but like you're still not one of the top sixty-four goalies. But you know, congrats to this guy on winning the Vesna, but for the AHL award. It's the same trophy, just noticeably smaller. Maybe the 65th best goalie in North America. Side note, I love how when everyone was going over the Bruins goaltending depth charts, they were like, yeah, it's so Kincaid's gone, but they have, you know, Kaiser and Bussy and all these other guys. But no one ever mentioned Michael DiPietro. They're just kind of like, oh, yeah. Do you guys remember that he was acquired earlier in the year and, you know, the whole Mika deal and everything? I mean, he's been in the ECHL at this point, but yeah. hey, you know, he exists. He's on the chart. Shouts to the main Mariners. But yeah, I think Shane Bowers is like, there's really no risk in that trade and a lot of reward if Bowers pans out. I mean, he's a first round pick. I did Drew, he... honestly, I'm surprised. He no, didn't. He, he didn't play the, in the Richie for Richie trade. He didn't play in the NCAA. I thought he was an NCAA guy and I love my NCAA guys. Connor Clifton. But uh, yeah, I, th I think that's going to low key. If Shane Bowers pans out, we're going to look back and be like, 
Keith Kincaid was on the Bruins? What a fucking trade. What? Yeah, and he led the team in save percentage. Yeah, he led the <laughs> one game he played in Buffalo. Uh, yeah, but my my favorite deal at deadline, of course, is the Richie swap. That's just hilarious. Um, I don't know what either team was thinking. Take my house. Take my apartment. Uh, there you go. Take my Richie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they actually found out they had the wrong one beforehand. <laughs> the they, were just, like, getting, title. they were getting it back. It was like a little parent swap kind of thing. Do their no. landlords notice if they just swap apartments? Does the landlord notice? <laughs> <laughs> will the equipment managers notice like should they just even bother changing numbers at this point or just yeah. be like you know what this year it's okay because you get a free nick richie jersey with it i think you're forgetting <laughs> richie is a big beefy boy yeah, uh big, while, big while brett richie does like oh, to throw sorry the so it's around, size 56 uh, instead of a 54 he is not as big and beefy as nick richie is big fudge brett richie could never be um, do you think it's weird for like the teammates? Of, like, I was it's thinking, like, oh, you I was got the other like. Today. It's almost like I feel like you're like swapping like you're like dating sisters or something like that. It's like a little weird, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> oh right, like you, you should compare to like you're gonna be out for team breakfast and be like, oh well, you know, Brett always got eggs, <laughs> like that kind of thing. <laughs> Everything, uh, you know, Nick didn't pass like that, and like that kind of stuff. You should compare it to the other one the whole time. I mean, as long as they show, as weird. long as they show up for team breakfast, right? Yeah, well, that's apparently, important. if you show up for breakfast with your front office, you they tell you they want to trade you. Is that what Chicken. happened? Yeah, with Jacob Chickering. Oh my they, goodness! Hey, they invited him to breakfast and they sat him down over whatever. Hey, House of Waffles. By the way, we're going to trade you. Maybe they said Jake, uh, I'm temporarily playing Atlanta for three years. Do you want that or no? <laughs> like I just. What a time, but I it I don't know what the Flames were doing. I truly thought that they were selling today. Um, I guess they sold Brett Ritchie. Um, I'm happy for the other part of that trade. Kind of just exist. No, they needed to sell. Um, Connor Mackey has been struggling in uh, Daryl Sutter's system, mainly because he's just playing that seventh defenseman role. Um, and he hasn't had a chance to really see enough time to get a real taste of the NHL. And he's been a really good sport about it. Um, the general manager for the Flames couldn't say enough things about him, uh, enough good things. So I think that this change of scenery is going to be good for him. And um, I'm so tired of Daryl Sutter, but that's another story. I'm going to steal Chris's thunder for a second and propose okay. what was the most ridiculous trade leading up to the deadline? Does it have to be a trade that happened? I'll ask. It <laughs> has just... to be something that happened. So at this point, you could be like the Tanner Janot trade or you know what? The, the whole Timo Meyer, like the number of Honestly, assets in that one deal far outweighing any trade ever before. <laughs> Lancey, I think you named the right one. I think it was the Tanner Janot trade. Yeah. And the great Just, thing is they both happened on the same day. The uh, unbelievable amount of picks that were given up for a guy who Calfoot, is having... A third, a fourth, a fifth, a second, and a first in the following years. And I, it's not the same... So, like, the NBA trade deadline is, like, always more interesting than the NHL trade deadline. And the NBA trade deadline where this year they decided, like, the the going rate for a three and D winger is like a winger a wing uh was five second round picks <laughs> uh I thought that was hilarious but the the closest we got to that was the uh, Tanner Janot trade which I don't think he's a great player he had a good season last year but uh I don't know could just be like this fourth line guy that they gave up a bunch of picks for I mean should we have like a first to gotten the deal done you didn't have to give up like five more <laughs> didn't he have like a super high shooting percentage last year I think yeah was, i think he had like, like 24 goals yeah, or something was, like that but it was like a 19 or 20 shooting percentage <laughs> i mean that's obviously sustainable for someone who's never done that before and isn't doing it this year outliers never heard of it yeah but... who is matt boleski <laughs> <laughs> oh boy these the... days he owns a brewery Matt Bolesky is uh, 
a warning. That's that's what he is. Yeah, uh, that's that's pretty much teetering from a yellow flag to a red flag. Oh boy, yeah. Um, oh man, what what are some other good ones? I mean, the the quick saga. Yeah, the the quick saga. We we touched on that briefly, but like him being in Columbus for what one day. I mean, I don't blame him. I was in Columbus once for a day. <laughs> Ohio. And then so I went to the Dublin Irish Festival, which was amazing. I want to go back one of these days. Um, what, Mikhail Granlund moving? Um, I mean, I think it would have been the most ridiculous trade. So once again, I'll, I'll ask, does it have to be something that happened because the non-JT Miller trade is maybe the most ridiculous thing? Because word is there was an offer on the table that included know what they would have only picks it included oh only picks and God. that is why the canucks did not accept the trade i think if you have a what seven year extension that starts next year right there was an eight year extension eight year extension year. starts next year for a team uh, that's already over next year's cap if you can free up cap space a, I'm just what, saying. Thirty-year-old player who had a really good season last year and has shown a precipitous decline already. Plays no defense. Is not scoring anywhere near where he did last year. Like Patrick Kane. Uh, but the Canucks need a center this year, apparently. Apparently, uh, I think they hey, have you one. You know what? Somehow like they'll Elias make <laughs> Um, and you know, if they, if they get real lucky, they, they, I mean, I think they're pretty much out of the, uh, the Bedard running at this point, but, um, if they had correctly assessed their team from the beginning of the season, maybe they could have been in it. Um, but you know, Matias Ekholm going to, uh, Edmonton. That's, that was a big one. What that about the Eric me. Carlson trade that never happened? Him to Edmonton. Yeah, I, I knew that that wasn't going to happen when he said basically he got real frustrated with some reporters asking him, and he said basically if if no one from management has come to him by now, he's not waving his no trade. <laughs> That's fair. That is very fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. Have also, you're stuck deal. on the Sharks. Yeah. He probably likes it there. I mean, I don't know why San Jose kind of sucked, but uh, no offense to anybody who's listening from San Jose. I mean, he was in he was in Joe Ottawa. Thornton is uh, irate. <laughs> he was in Ottawa. I just have to go. But <laughs> thank you guys for having me. Thanks um, for coming, Jess. Of course. Um Big Fudge is in good hands, and I will make sure that that doesn't change. Perfect. Thank you. Um Last order of business, 45 minutes into the podcast. Um, Draft <laughs> Uh Here I read a DraftKings script from June. Um, so, yeah, if you want to know, eh, just use THPN. There was an ad earlier. In the DraftKings Google Docs folder. Okay, so, so the Google Docs folder is not the place to get it. I really appreciate Drew's commitment uh, to this bit because it'll be like November and it'll be like the Kentucky Derby is here on DraftKings. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> get us off the network for like hasn't run in years. The, throwing the place, out promo codes that haven't been active for like seven months. The place <laughs> right? to get it is the in MLB Slack. postseason they, is uh, now. It's posted in, in the in the Slack, like on a weekly basis. Um, um, so the I got two uh, last things, but the the first one of those is uh, David Pasternak signed a $90 million extension to potentially make him a Bruin for life. Uh, I assume we're all on the same page here thinking this rocks. Yeah, yeah, what a I steal. Just, That's a steal. Like, I don't see Felger uh, around, so yeah. <laughs> we were talking five, like 12 like, and a half million. Yeah. <laughs> like, and would have done it, you know, no questions asked. I will say, you know, I don't, so what is it? Eleven point two five, I think mm-hmm. it is per year. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't, I don't care about the extra point two five in cap space. But it's, ju- I'm just sad it's not an eighty-eight million dollar contract. <laughs> well, you know not what? They, I, uh, so I was just, I think, I think they lined it up so it's eight years, 
for 11 mil, 8 times 11, 88, and then 25, that's his draft pick. Okay, okay, actually, okay, okay, I'll I'll allow Shout out to the YouTube comments on the uh, the Boston Bruins channel for that one. (laughs) Okay. So in that case, Dylan Larkin's (laughs) 8.7 is him being like, I'm going to be better than Sidney Crosby. The Boston Bruins YouTube comment section is a really weird place. You think Bruins Twitter is weird? Watch out. See, but why are you going to the Boston Bruins YouTube comment? They had a David Pasternak extension hype video, which is actually (laughs) highly recommend the hype video for his extension. I don't have a problem with the hype video. I have a problem with you watching the hype video and going, oh, what are people commenting? I feel like you said, oh, I need to comment on this. I'm a man of the people. (laughs) I need to know. So <laughs> Drew's like, everybody go listen to Bruce and Bruin in the <laughs> yeah, this, this is actually a spin-off episode. We're having the people with Drew Johnson. Uh, so a crossover episode? I, I will say the the number one thing for me with this signing is that uh even though I was never like rooting against David Posternock scoring a million goals, this takes away that little like back of your head like Every time he scores a sick goal, like, oh man, his price just went up. <laughs> At the beginning, he was like, ha ha, yeah, he's scoring. And you're like, oh yeah, he's still scoring. Like, this, this oh, guy's God, got 45 goals or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I was just like, that was an awesome day. I feel like, because it got the, it was, the Bertuzzi trade was announced first, right? It was like an hour or two mm-hmm. beforehand. Yeah. And then the Bruins tweeted out that gif. And I think, uh, um, Ty Anderson was the first retweet that I saw. Yeah. And I like, I like, it's just one of those things where like my first thought, again, we've been talking, we've making the comparison the whole season pretty much. But like my first thought was like, are you taking no time bloom? Because this is what you should have done for fucking Xander Bogarts with the Red Sox should have done with Mookie. But I was just like, wow, I'm so happy. I don't have to like, cause I felt so shitty after I found out Bogarts was leaving. And I just like it was obviously like excitement for like the future with, with Boston Knock, but also just like visible relief, like, oh thank God they didn't let it get there. We don't even have to do like the whole like even if we did end up signing with the Bruins again at the, this offseason, we don't have to do the dance, we don't have to do the I don't have to read all the articles that are like he'd be such a good fit here. We don't have to do any of that. We're just done through the so playoff hockey. Ago. And yeah. We're regardless of like last year. Yeah. yeah, regardless of what happens to the Bruins after this season, who knows? You know what I mean? Look at what we thought this season was going to be like and how far off we were. Who knows it's going to happen, but even if shit hits the fan as an organization over the next couple of years, like it will be worth the price of admission to just watch David Pasternak have fun on the ice. And as a fan, that's just like, obviously his talent, what he brings is so incredible, but he's just so fun to watch. And I'm, I'm, I'm so excited that he's going to be a Bruin knock on wood for the next eight years, regardless of, of, you know, where this team is headed. And speaking of shit, it was perfectly balanced on Boston sports Twitter as the Pasternak extension was made. And then the Red Sox were like, here's a Kike Hernandez story about him having explosive diarrhea during a game. Great. What are we doing here? <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, shouts to Pasternak getting the bag. Like he's been criminally underpaid for his entire previous what it was six years. Um, he signed that deal right around when Leon Drysaddle signed his eight and a half whatever million dollar deal. Um, Drew, I I understand that Rob is wearing his he's holding up his Pasternak jersey. Uh, which one is that? Is that the uh, first reverse retro? Yeah, the the 21 reverse retro, which I would like to state for the record is now going to be my Halloween costume as uh, Barbie girl David Pasternak. So, oh, oh, yes. oh yeah. please tweet that. Uh, at <laughs> Absolutely. You can all expect to see photos of that. Incredible. Um, I have the socks if you need the socks. Perfect. Yeah, but it's absolutely wild. I like, need them back. Nothing like Le- Leon Dreisaitl socks. signed a deal. At around the same time as David Pasternak, and David Pasternak took like two million dollars less per year. Uh, absolutely could have gotten at least like eight million, but whatever. Um, and he probably could have gotten 12 and a half. He had a pretty good case to be the highest paid player in the NHL right now. Uh, not necessarily because he's the best player in the NHL, but because the best players in the NHL have, have the taken a giant pay cut for many years like 
Connor McDavid should probably be making 14 million, but um, whatever. I'm I'm super happy. Fuck yeah. Cheers to that. Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Real question though. Who who gets to see after Bergy, McAvoy or Pasta? I think Pasta now. I think yeah. after this season, we, we had talked about this last year a little bit. Marshawn um, and then. Yeah. In the Will there be a Marshawn, you know, interim period? That's the thing. Like, we don't know. Uh, I, I feel like that's fair to him. Um, and and they did do that funny little fake to Marshy getting the, the C before Bergeron. Uh, Still I have not found funny, that jersey but... on eBay. I want it. I'll pay anything for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think... I think it goes to Pasternak. Yeah. I think I think McAvoy would deserve it in it any case. It wouldn't be a bad choice, uh, for sure. And I, I don't think Pasternak necessarily gives off like captain and leader vibes, but he gives off the best possible vibes and right. <laughs> uh, fun vibes. And sometimes that's all that matters. Yeah, I, I think he'd be a great captain, especially uh, given that he's the guy scoring all the goals and. Uh, a lot of times that's kind of the default for captain. Say goodbye to I'm captain. going the other way. I think it's going to be McAvoy. I think the, I think you're right. A lot of teams do that. I think the Bruins are like, a, we're a proud original six. We're going to take our stoic defenseman versus they actually the, the, value the flashy goal scorer. Yeah. I also feel like, I, I don't know, maybe the, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they even like, if they were considering this, like brought it to like Pasternak and we're like, Hey, how much do you care about this kind of thing? You know what I mean? Like where it's going to be your Chuck. Do you give a shit kind of thing? If we give it to him. Um, I do think a lot, like, like Chris said, a lot of teams are what, uh, especially nowadays are defaulting to like their young goal scorer and like, Hey, he's our guy. You know what I mean? I, I do think the Bruins are more prone to they're picky. Toward, like, their defensemen and they're like less flashy, but like, you know, I don't know. You just look at their captains like in the past and like they're going to go for more of like the Ray Bork type, I think, than like the, the flashy guy. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't think there's a bad pick between the two of them. Is Do... John Tavares still the captain yes. of the Maple Leafs? That's, yes. that's absolutely right. wild to me. That's hilarious. hilarious. Yeah. Also, do you think, because there are a couple teams in the league that don't have captains, do you think the Bruins are the kind of organization that would be okay not having a captain for a no, year if they had like not. no good choices? Original I, same. I, mean, I feel so, like I they would just whoever. When they would when would they not have someone. good choices? I, think do do I know, but if they were in like the Coyotes situation right now, I want to hear all of don't have a captain. Yeah, I think uh, I think let's say Bergie retires after this year, which you know. Goes off rides into the sunset. Do you want the interim with Marshy? And do you sit yes. there and do you say, Marshy, for one year, for two years, you're going to be captain, then we hand it off. But the Bruins are such an old school organization. Do they want a one, two year captain? Or do they sit there and say, it's not respectful for, to you to give Pasta or McAvoy the C. So all three of you are going to get the A. One more guy gets the A. And we're going to write it out. And then when Marshy scores, that's when we'll decide between Pasta and McAvoy. I still think they give it to Marshy. It, it's going to Marshy. It they shouldn't should... surprise anyone here that I have a chart of NHL captains all the way back in history and that the Bruins have pretty much had one every season with the exception of like 2001 to 2002 and maybe a few times before then. But Ray Bork wore it from... 1985 shared it with Rick Middleton for three years and then had it himself from 1988 all the way to 2000. And then Jason Allison wore it for a season in 2000, 2001. Then it was vacant for a year. And then it became Joe Thornton's for three seasons because, you know, there's a lockout in between that. And then it was Dan O'Chara for 14 years onto Patrice. I just, I don't think that at this point with Brad Marchand having played since the 2009, 10 season, in his 20 games before a full season 2010 2011 that they would just be like oh yeah you know what we're gonna skip you and go on to you know McAvoy Pasternak because they're the new core they would give it to Marshy for a year or two and then say all right you know when he's done and out of here it's going to be McAvoy or Pasternak and the tradition will continue also just taking a look at exactly what we've seen in terms of you know 
leadership and not calling first year players rookies and everything that Chara has kind of ingrained into the organization at this point, it, it's just a natural way that you wouldn't have a team without a captain for the foreseeable future. It's going to take until Pasternak retires that you might then run into a situation where the Bruins say, you know what, we can take a year off from this. Because all the time before then, I mean, the late 60s and early 70s, when they're actually contending for the cup every year, is the last time that you look at the team and go, yeah, but they didn't have a captain then because they had a bunch of guys. You had Orr, you had Busick, you had a few other guys that they just shared the A with. It, it would be just atypical of the Bruins to say, to pull the Detroit Red Wings before naming Dylan Larkin captain like four years later to just be like, you guys fight it out amongst yourselves. Uh, Lancey, I do have one question for you. Uh, of the Bruins captains, <clears throat> which one has the greatest name? Is it Sprague Cleghorn, uh, Dick Clapper, or Fern Flamin? <laughs> Apparently, who are all, like <laughs> all Bruins captains? Feel the fern. Feel the fern, I mean, baby. I kind of really like way back in the 1938-9 season when Cooney Wayland was Cooney the captain. Wayland. He was the only one just cut, yeah. Because everyone else has had it at least like two times. I mean, except for George. If he if he'd been the Whalers captain, then yeah, absolutely. I do like that yeah. they gave it to Dick Clapper when he was 25 in 1932, and then they didn't give it to him for like eight years and then like in 1939 again they were like all right you can have it back now like what do you think he did right. they were like all right yeah like maybe like we do like seven full fucking years you know what you know what was probably happening and then they're like you know what oh you know what he, he probably missed team breakfast that was probably one of the years he was, he was out years he was out he was out just clapping too many dits I just had to check that. I was like, wait, shit, was he in World War II? And I was like, no, it's okay. It was before that. That would have been a dick move. I was like, what did he do that he wasn't the captain? Oh, he was serving in the war. Oh, my bad. <laughs> one more, one quick hypothetical say, because this wouldn't happen. Bergeron retires, but Krejci's like one more year. Would you give the C to him? Oh, shit. I think it's, it's still like, got to go what? to Marshy. Yeah. Considering that they didn't exactly give an A back to Krejci when he re-signed. Ooh, I, I he's a quitter. Yeah, but opening of the season, he was still announced as an assistant captain. Like... Right. He, he, they've and shared the A's throughout the year, sort of but he hasn't been officially, you know, in terms of the capacity that he had before going to Czechia and then coming back. I, mm. I don't think they'd say... All right, you get the C for a year, just because ultimately I think Bergeron and Krejci walk off into the sunset at the same time. Do you want Marshy taking the lead and talking with the refs though? That's that's <laughs> that, why I think that's, there'll be a gap It boils here. down to the whoever wears the C <laughs> and the A's gets to talk to the refs. And that's guys think at that point, he's already wearing an A. I mean, he's already <laughs> doing that to some capacity. Maybe he's, you know, Let's take it experiencing <laughs> some growth in that area. I'll choose to believe that pasta's one time with the c though for the all-star game his yeah. his commentary with the ref was just a plus like you know that's all i'm saying i mean if anything marshan could get for one year and still be on the team and then pass it on to the next guy like what the avalanche did between adam foot and gabriel landeskog milan hayduk wore it for the 2011 2012 season very cool lancy thank uh, you I, that's why i made the chart I got one thing for you. Uh, we'll have you on for a, like a full playoff primer, but tell us tell us what's up with the Boston Pride. Uh, I mean, currently locked in a deadlock 2-2 with Minnesota, riding that two seed at the moment, trying to pass Toronto this weekend. Uh, top seed will come down to next weekend, though, uh, if, you, if you guys can, if anyone can catch it on, uh, on ESPN+, Plus, because the games will be uh, – in Toronto, but it comes down to it. You know, it's 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 a race to the end for the Pride in Toronto for that top seed. We are 23 days away from the Isabel Cup final, and they have not announced where it's going to be yet. Hell yeah. <laughs> I love <laughs> that <insane>. energy. <laughs> However, tickets are on sale to, to catch it. They're playing, uh, they're, they're playing at a... At a <laughs> How is that? Out, Surprise, it's in Kansas. Yeah. You just buy like <laughs> Southwest vouchers, and that's what they're selling. But like Singapore. I'm going to use my traveler points for all the airlines. Yeah, so it's going to be. It's gonna be if it's at else, Mullet though. Arena, I'm going. <laughs> I'd go if it was at Mullet Arena. I would no, be there in an instant if it was at Mullet Arena. Arena. You're going back there. They're like, the Yotes couldn't hold it. We're going to go there now. 
So it'll be, but it, 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 things are things are going well for the Pride again, sitting at one and two. I mean, it's picking up. All the playoff spots are clinched. Could have a battle in New England on our hands, just outside of Boston. Bigger arena for the playoffs, which is going to be great. They're not playing them at Warrior, uh, so they're doing full stadium style out there. Uh, fun fact: they have not done that since season one when they did series and did it at Endicott because they thought Endicott would be better seating or they couldn't get Harvard. I actually don't quite know, but they'll be doing it on the outside. Just saying last time they won a cup when it was in series format. So, you know, three Pete's on the table folks is all I'm saying. Hell yeah. If they don't three Pete, I will be very, very disappointed. All right. I will knock over a light pole. (laughs) See, I was going to say that, but I didn't want to condone violence. On that note, thanks everyone for joining. Uh, we, we've lost a few along the way. But <laughs> it's really the the friends we made along the way. Uh, did they the did they we lose them in the uh, the Dick Clapper War of nineteen thirty? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a tough or are they the or are they the future considerations? Right. Yeah. Future uh, considerations had one hell of a hell of a trade deadline. That was all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, thanks everyone for the, the listening to this edition of. Uh, GMs being horny for hits. Uh, we'll uh, we'll catch you on, on the next episode. Yeah, stay horny, I, everybody. I hope another Ooh. trade doesn't happen tonight. <laughs> I mean, it could. It just won't play in the playoffs. <laughs> oh, this this pod will be so out of date. Oh. <laughs> I know that's the issue. It's always Marty it's always Turk my fear. Like by. they're gonna announce, like, oh yeah, Pasternak was actually traded at the deadline, and we just didn't make it official. Yet. Oh, it was a sign-in trade. Yeah, yeah, it was a sign-in <laughs> trade. Get the, we'll get the hometown discount for you, and then we'll send it back. <laughs> Matt could chuck right. online too. <laughs> There's not a player in the league I would trade David Pasternak for. I mean, if I could have Dick Clapper back. <laughs> like, if I could bring Dick Clapper back to life. Bruins you know, if we could just Dick reincarnate Clapper. Lionel Hitchman, that would be the problem solver. I don't care if Connor McDavid is quote-unquote better at hockey or whatever. Uh, awful vibes. Not a closer. Oh, I never ended the recording. <laughs>